You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. You know, if you've ever listened to the show before, you know that that Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow for and to express all of their emotions. And despite what you've been taught, been trained, perhaps what you've assumed, there aren't some emotions that are for women and some emotions that are for men. We're all human beings. We're all emotional beings. All emotions do serve us. And I found in my experience, when I'm willing to feel an emotion, the moment it starts bubbling up, instead of stuffing it or denying it, I live a much healthier, better fulfilling life. So with, with that said, I'm really looking forward to today's show because we're gonna be talking with international speaker, author, teacher, kindness ambassador, and life architect, Nick Haynes, about what to do when feelings become too much. And, and I've been there too. So, so Nick, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me here, Andy. I've been really, I'm sure everyone says that. They're all excited about being on the show. I am. Yeah, I want someone to, to be honest and go, yeah, it's not a pleasure to be here at all. <laughs> yeah. This is total drudgery. <laughs> so so I, I, first I want to ask, um, I've never met anyone that called themselves a kindness ambassador. Yeah. So, yeah. so where, where does that come from? What, what does that mean to you? Um, well, I made it up, obviously, because <laughs> most of our good titles we make. Yeah. Up. Um, well, it, I've got it there as really as an expression of what I of what I try to do and have probably tried to do all my life, which is how do we cater a world that is kinder, more considerate, more inclusive, etc. And that I have that kind of ambassadorial role. So I'll go into businesses and schools. I was recently um, uh, with a group called the Change Makers at the United Nations, and we were looking at how do you create change. How do you create change that's inclusive and kind and considerate? And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it is a kind of proper ambassadorial role. And uh, fun, at the United Nations, when they heard I was a kindness ambassador, that caused a little bit of a, a stir. <laughs> what, what country is this kindness I've not heard of? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. And hmm, especially at the UN, do you find that, that leaders are, are open to the notion of kindness? Or does that just seem like a, a silly... Like, how, did, how, did that, how does it come off to them? No, I, I think that the conversations there were really, really powerful. And I, I think they, they 
they're they're often really coming from that place and uh, they might not call it kindness but they're often coming from that place because what they're wanting to do is create a world where we have more equality where there's more balance of uh, resources where people are feeling safe where there's no slavery or traffic or traffic and so they're they're dealing with the kind of big issues that we have in life and uh, so I think they really saw that kindness was an important part of what they're trying to achieve in the world. Because imagine if the world was like that. How it yeah. And, and, and I, never, I guess I never thought it like I, I, kindness spreads by just you treating the one person that you interact with nicely and the power of a smile to a stranger. And I've never tried to put kindness up into a policy and governmental level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see, it's interesting because the um, there are two things there. One is that uh, if you could have it at a governmental level, then it starts to really inform the way that we would do business, the way that we would interact with each other, the way that one country would treat another, etc. If you treated other each country, if we treated ourselves as a world, as though we were one family and countries were just different siblings, then we'd have a different sort of relationship the world would be more considerate more balanced more caring etc and dare i say kinder so i think yeah i think you're absolutely right but one of the things that that classically people think about kindness they will think if i could be kinder to this other person if i did more acts of kindness and at the five institute we've got a really interest we've got an interesting take and we don't really work with acts of kindness and being kind to other people. We, we kind of really work with uh, how, do I, how do I find a way to be kinder to myself? Mm. Because if you can be kinder to yourself, then it almost overflows naturally into being kinder to other people because that's the way you live. Whereas if you are really unkind to yourself, as a lot of us are, mm -hmm and then you start being really kind to other people, then you start to create this split, like you're a fraud. Actually, I'm really not a nice person to myself. I beat myself up. I give myself a hard time about my mistakes. And then I go and give a cup of coffee to a stranger. Yeah, it doesn't make a kinder world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost a, a boy with like regret and resistance and well, I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> Even though I'm a, I'm a total jerk, you know, yeah, I'll be kind to the stranger. Yeah. <laughs> so we work on we work on this whole kind of principle. How do, how do we create internal kindness? How do we care for ourselves, look after ourselves, be forgiving? Just the very nature of what kindness is. How do we actually do that for ourselves? Yeah. And how are we kind to other people at the same time? Mm. And how are we kind to the planet at the same time? And it's like a dance. It's a, I'm kind to me, I'm kind to you, I'm kind to the planet. How do I do it all together? Well, that's tough, but you've got to work out a way. <laughs> cool. I, I love that, the notion of kindness starting with how you treat yourself. And, you know, one thing I've run into people when, when you know, I often tell people, you know, treat yourself at least as well as you would a stranger. Or um, if a, a doctor or a lawyer or, or a coach, like at least treat yourself as good as you would a client, right? Yeah. And, but some people will come back and go, but that's selfish. Yeah. 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 So how, how, how can someone start to be kind to themselves if, if that's what shows up for them, that it feels selfish and they don't kind of deserve that maybe? Um, well, I think it, what it comes down to is the fundamental thing that the kindness has a, has a limit to it. I only have so much kindness. So I'm either kind to you or I'm kind to me. 
And if I'm kind to me, that's kind of selfish because that means I can't be kind to you. But what about the possibility that actually kindness is actually abundant? And it's just a choice and a way to view things. And, uh, and there is no limit to the amount of it. So being, me being kind to me is not me being selfish because I can be equally kind to you at the same time. We've just got to work out our boundaries and our relationship and, and respect and et cetera. So it, I, I think that selfishness comes from the concept that there's only enough kindness to go around, mm. yeah. <laughs> a certain amount to go around. Yeah, yeah. So, and it, so it's, very, it, it's, it's like love. Yeah, exactly. So if, if I really love my wife, I don't have enough love to love my children. And like, no, no one's <laughs> ever, I've never, I've never heard anyone say that out loud anyway. No. <laughs> yeah, or if I, if I really, yeah, if I, if I really, really love myself, I would have absolutely no room to love any other human, yeah. <laughs> any other human being. Yeah. There's, there's kind of, it's endless and it's in that place of, uh, of recognizing how to, and, and, but you've got to kind of get that, the stuff you've got to do to try and, get that balance right if you kind of um endlessly loved your family and had no love for yourself then at some point you've got to look at okay why do you do that and is that because you you don't value yourself and kindness is the same sometimes people are not kind to themselves because they might be in a habit of not being kind to themselves i have i do something i make a mistake my response is Kick the shit out of myself. Right. <laughs> I, 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 etc. So it, so it's, um, so I think we get in the habit of not being kind. Yeah, it's, think- uh, like like everyone has self talk. Yeah, and judgmental thoughts, and yeah, it, I don't, I don't, I don't recall coming across someone that talks about how kind their self talk has always been. <laughs> yeah. Although maybe that's you. Has this kind of been your mindset always, or did did you turn yeah. around and discover this, or? Um, it was, uh, when I was, uh, when I was about five, my mother was really ill and we were kind of fostered around in different families. So I spent a year and a bit being moved around from one family to another. And my conclusion as a five-year-old was that I was put into different families and not my, in my home because I was bad or terrible or had no value. You know, you know, five-year-olds can make up all sorts of stuff. Uh, so I had a very, very low sense of self-esteem. Uh, I had horrible anxiety, lots and lots of stuff. And it was, I saw loads of people and it was really very kind of unfixable. Most people just couldn't shift it and they tried medication and drugs and this and that. And I tried drugs and medication just to try and get rid of the anxiety and the feelings. Um, and this is a familiar story, isn't it? This is not. Um, Sadly, yeah. <laughs> yes, sadly. Um, and then I, I went to the US uh, when I was 20, 1980. I was in the States in the US. Uh, and I started studying Chinese medicine. And there's a part of Chinese medicine called the five elements or the five energies. And it was a bit like I suddenly saw the matrix. I suddenly saw the code of human nature, human behavior. I also saw, saw economics and politics and stuff. But that's a but I saw why it was that I couldn't, I didn't think of myself, I couldn't love myself. Uh, and for me, that was a real revelation. And I then went into practice and I started working with people that had really in-depth views, negative views on themselves. And how do we change that? So I was a really difficult case that I managed to sort me out. And I had a, in my practice, I had a two-year waiting list to see me. Oh. to work on this sort of stuff. 
and then I retired from that and I kind of do it as a kindness ambassador. I get to work with more people. Um, so yeah, there's, there are ways that you can really get to uh, feel okay about yourself. Self. And the core fundamental thing is really understanding what's my energy mm-hmm. and what am I looking for in life and what are my challenges in life? What are my emotional difficulties and what are my emotional strengths? And once you get to understand yourself at that very deep level and other people, then it shifts things completely. And I'm still nervous doing stuff like this, but I'm not paralyzed by the fear. Uh, And I still struggle with some self-worth stuff, but I don't beat myself up. I just do my best. I just do my best. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the struggle part that anyone feels it's innate to being a human being, but yeah, yeah how we treat ourselves and response to that struggle is where we have full choice over and, and power over. Yeah. Yeah. Though we often don't know it. We often don't know it. So I have, um, one of the things, um, I really do is, uh, can we go a bit woo woo? Look at the different, please. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. Um, so if you look at that whole thing, it was quantum physics and our existence, and we're a past version of us and a future version of us and current version of us. We're kind of all in a big suit. We're all kind of mixed up together. Mm-hmm. So what are one thing I'm really, really keen on is that I don't go back and beat up an earlier version of me huh. based on what I know now. What I know now is kind of, I've learned it, but an earlier version of me didn't know what I know now. So I, it's wrong for me to go back and say, oh God, why was I so stupid? Why did I do that? Whatever. Because I go back and I beat that earlier version up yeah. and I trash that earlier version and I, I give them, beat them up and I destroy that earlier version, their self-esteem based on what me in the here and the now knows that they didn't know. Yeah. And the problem with that is there's a couple of problems. One is that their self-esteem is me. So I've just bang, just dropped my self-esteem right down because I've just destroyed someone else. I destroyed my 11 year old kid or I just, as a child, or I destroyed me six months ago. Or I destroyed me a week ago, whatever it is. So I'm all the time, if I do that, I'm all the time destroying my sense of self-worth by beating up every previous version of me. Uh, so that's bad enough. But what the real thing that destroys people is that if you have that pattern, what you in the here and the now now know is that as soon as I make a mistake, a future version is going to come kick the shit out of me. Sorry, language is going to come and just beat me up um, because that's the deal. I beat their earlier versions up, and if I make a mistake, a future version will beat me up. Yeah. So we become really paralysed. I think, oh, I don't want to do this. What if I do this? What if I make a mistake? Well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is you're going to get beaten up. That's so I, really simple. Yeah. And I, I talk about this often um, with, with my clients. I, I call it you're, you're time traveling. And like, yeah. what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, you're going to the past and smacking yourself around. Then you zip to the future and tell that person they don't know what they're doing. And yeah. 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 So we, I just have that simple rule that I, that I don't do beating up. I just made a rule that I'm not going to beat up an earlier version. I can go back and I can learn and I can explore and I can experiment and, and look back and reflect. But I can't beat up. And once that rules, you've you, you kind of kept it for a bit, then you can really relax because immediately you've changed the whole of your future. Mm-hmm. The whole of your future never has anyone coming and beating you up. 
Yeah, Good. there's no more expectation or, or fear of no. those mistakes yeah. and the repercussions. Yeah. And, and, and that future version of you never arrives in the here and the now. It might arrive with some reflection, but it never arrives with a big baseball bat. Right. <laughs> so, so we can kind of get to feel okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so in, in the opening of the show, we are kind of teasing about what happens when you feel too much. Mm. And, and this scenario, it, it, this feels like it's more when, when people think too much. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I mean, when, when I'm judging myself and beating myself up, yeah, I feel like, my, yeah, I'm definitely in my head. I'm, I'm not really feel, it's not like much emotion behind it. It's almost like m maybe I'm bashing myself to avoid feeling emotion. Does that make yeah. sense? <clears throat> well, I think sometimes if you do that um, thinking beating up, it ends up as a feeling and the feeling might be that I don't feel worthy or I feel scared or I feel depressed or I feel grief that I didn't achieve what I thought it would be. So I think the actual process can be often quite analytical, but it often it's done in a quite emotional way. Because if we were just pure thinking beings, we could go back and we could look and we could be objective and logical and think it through. But it's the fact that actually there is emotion in that and it results in emotion is what gives you the, 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 the really, really difficult time or you're, or you're just left with left with those emotions yeah you're, you're right i'm like i can't think of any time where um i was really judging myself and being harsh myself and it was just purely logical and no that was wrong <laughs> and you just answered incorrectly sir and like no it wasn't like that at all because no, in a way that's quite a good thing to say okay i'm going to look back and say what would i learn from this and how would it be and what would i do differently that's cool but it's when you go back and say oh why was i so stupid and blah 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 etc and and the other thing i think within that is that we often go back and um, we have these things and we ask it in the form of a question. And, and the unconscious mind has to answer that question. So if you say, why was I so stupid? The unconscious mind has to tell you why you're so stupid. Right. And does that serve you? No, you just get every answer that tells you why you're stupid. And then your imagination starts making up stuff. And then <laughs> you're really, you're really screwed. But, right. But should we talk? Should we talk more about? Uh, should we talk about emotions when they get too much? And look at that. Yeah, yeah. Let's because I'm 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 assuming the energetics are going to be at the root of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah, there's a whole whole stuff stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. So what 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 can we do with people and we're people? Those people. What can we do with us when we are feeling just too much? It 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 feels like you know the emotions are out of control and you're just you can't, you need to turn things off. There's just too much coming in. Yeah. Um. Well, I think I think there's actually there's actually two things going on that we, we kind of separate it out. Is one is that there is experiences where we have short term in that moment that we're feeling the emotions too much, and then there's a pattern that we have a prolonged period of time in which we're embedded or stuck within a certain emotional pattern. So I might in an instant be anger angry, but it's been and gone, or I could be angry for years and years and years, or I could be in grief for years, or I could be uh, excessively happy for years. And uh, um, so I think there's a separation between how you deal with it, the intensity in the moment, and how you deal with the prolonged emotional experience. And, th and they're different strategies, and they have different causes to it. So... Should we look at that short-term emotional stuff? Because I think that's uh, often... Yeah, that's, that seems to be when most people... Yeah, that uncontrollable something yeah. shows up. Yeah, 
I think that's certainly more dramatic. But if you look at those longer emotions, they're often more destructive in terms of our relationships and our ability to step into it. But we'll just look at their short, short one. Um, so the in-the-moment emotions, it, it, we basically, with um, the work with Chinese medicine, there are, there are kind of five energies, and you can find out your energy type. Uh, and you've just done it recently, and you've done the vitality test. Correct. Yeah, and we can... And that basically get, tells you your energy makeup. It's like a blueprint, the kind of the way that you were born. Uh, and it's a balance of these five energies. Now, each energy will have a set emotion. Um, so uh, the, the first energy, that's a water energy, and its set emotion would be fear. So people with a lot of water energy in their profile, there will be something going on about fear. Uh, they could be utterly fearless, and that's a problem because they have no concept of when they should stop or, or they risk-take or they burn through their adrenals or they do all this stuff to take risks because fear is not in their, in their view. Hmm. Or it could be that fear is all the time informing what they do. Oh, I'm not sure I should do this. Or they feel more fearful ahead of other people. Or they're always looking at consequences. So... If you understand your energy type and you think, okay, I have a lot of water energy, then I know that I am not abnormal if I feel no fear or I feel excessive fear because it can bounce between the two. So one of the things that really helped me when I understood the energies is thinking, you know what? I'm not that weird. I'm just doing what my energy does, hmm. which is if, if you have lots of water energy, that's feeling fear. If you've got lots of wood energy, which is what uh, one of your dominant energies, um, the emotion around there is, is like anger and irritability. And it could be that you have no anger and lots of the time you can be so laid back and never annoyed and so easygoing that people just take the, take the mickey out of you and ask you to do because you say, oh yeah, ask Andy, he'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, bam, you snap. And suddenly, and they go, oi, oh, well, chill out, what's happened to you? And, it, and it's like, th there's almost nothing in between hmm. the two. So it's like, boom, or nothing. Um, uh, and also with wood energy types, when they get very, very stuck, because wood energy, they, they love freedom. Give me freedom, revolutionaries and freedom. Uh, when they get very stuck, they can start to feel really depressed and low. Uh, nothing's going to change. And then they get the, instead of having anger going outwards, they have depression going inwards. Mm -hmm. It's almost like an inward anger. Yep. So again, if you understand your energy type, you can think, okay, well, as an individual, I've got to make sure that I keep flowing. And when I suddenly feel really angry and stuck, rather than trying to block the emotion out, I'm going to say, okay, what do I need to do to get moving again? What's blocking me? What are, what's incomplete? What's stuck? Do I just perhaps need to take some exercise? So wood energy types, when they get really angry and frustrated, take some exercise, get moving, have a joke, get laughing, do something, but just move it and don't try and control it. Because as soon as you try and control it, it will go inwards and you'll get depressed. And then you think, oh God, I'm an angry person and I shouldn't be an angry person. I should be happy with all this stuff. So Again, when you understand your energy, you can get to know what it needs to, to, to shift. Right. It's, it's a, it gives you more information on how to best 
kind of manage yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same. Um, so, so the short-term emotion, each energy has a kind of short-term, long, the emotions, whether they're short or long-term, they're the same emotions. And it's, in a way, easier to deal with the short-term emotions. Uh, kind of understand that you're this energy type and this emotion is normal for you. So the first thing I do with people, and, and this is very similar, lots of people do this, um, but when you're struggling with that short-term emotion, know your energy type, that really helps. And the next thing is you just kind of name the emotion. Okay, I'm feeling angry. And kind of, yeah, kind of, that's what, that's my energy, that's my emotion, that's kind of what happens. Uh, so you'd name the emotion, um, and then you think, okay, this is perhaps normal to be. So you try and normalize the angry. Well, I'm probably angry because I didn't really say something when I should have said something. Kind of that's why I'm angry. So there's a non-judgment, non-blame, whatever. And then you, we do the, I do this thing called conscious questions where you ask a question that will consciously change how you feel. So you might then say, what's the best way for, for me to get the things flowing? What's the best way for me to get things going? Uh, what's the best thing for me to do in this situation? Or why is it okay to be angry? So you just try and bring it, bring it down a bit rather than sit on it. Because as soon as you sit on it, you sit on anything, it just wants to get bigger. So you just play with it, move it and shift it. Um, and each energy has a kind of little gift in it like that that you can play with. Um, um, so there are, so, and then, then with fire energy, which is the other one of the energies, their emotion is happiness and joy. You think, well, that would be great. How can you possibly have too much joy and happiness? <laughs> well, have you ever heard a person at a funeral laugh? That's not good. <laughs> and, or you don't kind of, you're not honest with people because you're trying to be too happy, you're trying to be too jokey, or you're trying to stay away from the emotional state and you can't be in it and you and you can't be in it because you're too emotional by being too happy right it's almost like a, a shield keeping you from any other emotion exactly exactly and, and that in itself has a problem um then uh, with the earth energy which is your 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 one of your other energies the emotion for that that is empathy so really feeling what other people are feeling and experiencing and their pain. And, um, and that can sometimes, that's one of my, we're very similar energies. That's one of my dominant energies. And that can be a gift if you're doing a show like this and you can feel the emotion, what's going on and ask the right questions and tease it out from people. Um, but imagine if you were just feeling everybody's emotion all the time. Yeah. yeah, I don't. That that's so. I that's what I felt growing up, yeah. which triggered my anger. So when I, I when I first discovered I'm I'm I have empathy. I'm an empath. What? And I was mad. That so I bounced between. I'm feeling everybody's pain and I'm mad about it. So, <laughs> so it's that there's that brilliance of knowing if we did end these energies at school, we'd have said, "Let Andy, you're gonna do your your life's gift is two things. It's about flexibility, or if it goes wrong, you're gonna be angry. Watch out for that, mate." And your other gift is you're going to be highly empath empathetic. You're an empath. That's your gift. But watch it. If you take that too far, then you're going to take on everybody's stuff. So do that balance between being flexible and flowing and having some boundaries and control and, and life will be good. 
go the other way, you're going to be angry or you're going to be upset. You choose which one you want. Mm. Uh, and it once and what so that was in America when I got to understand that my dad was quite an ang had, had was very unpredictable. So he was either do 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 or boom, and you never saw it coming, never saw it coming. So as a father and a, a human being, I thought I'm going to be very predictable. I'm going to just be the same consistent person all the time, which puts a real pressure if you don't understand how to be consistent, etc. Um, so that earth energy, it can, that wood energy, it can be a real problem if you're trying to control your emotions all the time, which is where my anxiety came from. Mm. Um, so yeah, with you, earth energy, the empathy would seem great, but it could be an issue. And then metal energy, the final energy, their emotion is about grief and loss. And they will often appear very detached and cold and withdrawn and, and, and pulling back. But that's because they really struggle to deal with the intensity of loss and grief. And so uh, 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 someone whose primary metal, is that the, they're like feeling the grief and loss of, of the world and nature and the news really triggering them and they're just always kind of feeling it? Yeah, they, they, they can feel that so, they have a sense that something is missing. That's what they live with, the sense that something is missing. Hmm. And then if they have an experience that something truly is missing. Like I know that you've spoken on other shows about you losing your father and you have a, a, enough metal energy to feel that emotion. There's that we all feel grief, but someone with a lot of metal energy, if they're always feeling like something is missing and then there is a true deep experience of something is really missing, it tips them and it just, this just gets to be too much. So, their strategy is often to become very detached from the emotions and they go, no, they're, they're the kind of the people who say, no, I, I don't do emotions. That's for other people. No, no. Well, of course I feel stuff, but I push it to one side and I get on. And, and it's almost as that because if they were just to enter that space, it would just be way, way too much for people to, for them to experience. Mm. So they adopt this detached position which makes them seem uncaring, but it's actually the fact that particularly grief is just way too much for them to deal with. And is it, is it really too much for them to experience or is it the fear that it's too much to experience? I, I think it's, God, that's such a good question. I, I, I think it's the, I think it's the, the notion, the, the sense of what if I went there and it would be, uh, uh, yeah, so it probably is the fear of experiencing it, but it's also the reality. For them, grief and loss is intense. Yeah. So how could I go there? Right. So, so with any of those emotions, whether you're looking at fear or whether you're looking at anger or joy or empathy or, or grief, what the Chinese, they were really, really clear on is that those emotions are normal. And it's for us as human beings to be able to find a way to be able to sit and experience those emotions without them becoming overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And if you look at lots of the Eastern traditions, they're about meditation and relaxation and mindfulness and all the kind of Buddhist and Taoist. They're all about, they're really at their heart about training us to be able to sit with emotions in a, in a, in a way that is acceptable. Mm. Uh, whereas, most of the Western world, the way it's constructed, 
we don't sleep enough. And when we don't sleep enough, you know, we feel emotions more. Uh, we don't have a good diet. We kind of feel everything more. When we have lots of stimulants, we feel emotions more. When we're on social media and we're distracted, we feel everything more. So our world is really, it's a real struggle for the part of us that has to be able to be strong enough to deal with our emotions. So we, people kind of shut them down. So, so one of the things we do is you say, well, how can we build up the part of us that would deal with the emotions and then know that the emotions I'm going to experience are going to be in this camp? I need to watch for empathy. So do empathy for a certain amount of time, but don't immerse yourself in it all the time, or it might get too much. Hmm. That, that makes sense. Yeah. And it, I, the closest, so I, uh, I read the Akashic records for people. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. is really this pure love and lots of emotion and insight coming down. And sometimes if I'm at like some sort of a live event, I'll do like, you know, 20, 25 people all back to back in little 20 minute chunks. And that's, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm like, this is the best. Uh, this is how I'm supposed to live. And the next day I'm like, crash and just yeah. crash hard. Like just, yeah. So I, yeah, I understand. I understand overdoing all of these emotions as well. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it's recognized in the ones that you, that are, are a challenge for you, a difficulty for you to overdo. Hmm. Like you could, you could, it would be hard for you to, looking at your vitality profile, you kind of would be okay with lots of fearful things because you're never going to start chasing fear or doing crazy stuff. There's, there's probably times when you've done it when you're young, but that's probably more your rebellion. But you're not going to be someone that's going to burn out your adrenals by chasing fear. and Because that isn't in your energy. You're more likely to burn yourself up trying to understand everyone or trying to con or trying to control your angry anger. So you're not an angry person. <laughs> hmm. Cool. So, yeah. So it's, it's in, we just got, it's partly knowing ourselves. Right. No, yeah. Knowing it, trusting it, knowing yeah. what to look for. And when it shows up, knowing you didn't do something wrong. No, it's just, it's your energy. It's your nature. It's your nature and it's your gift. Hmm. And you say, well, how can I just do that gift? Keep it in beautiful imbalance, play it do tremendous things for people as you do um, and then stay healthy for myself. So in a way we're back down to that, that kindness balance of mm. how do I serve others with my gift and at the same time support myself with that gift. So it doesn't get to be too, get to be too much. Mm. Great. Yeah. So Del just, so another way to be kind to myself is to know and honor my, my core energies. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Because then we then get into, because then there's some other stuff, we would get into the more, no, I say in that, that's the short term stuff. You just got to deal with those emotions, learn to, to meditate, relax. I mean, listen to your show. It's just full of brilliant advice from all these brilliant, fantastic people telling us ways to be able to sit with our emotions. Mm. Whether, I mean, it's just full, isn't it? The gifts. Yeah. Brilliant. So there are tons of ways how to do it. Uh, so I won't add to that. Okay. Um, but then there is the side of what about those long-term emotions? What about when they start to play out in the long-term? So there's lots of ways to deal with the short-term, understanding what they're likely to be. But how does it play out in the long-term? How do we, what's going on there? And actually, there's often something really different going on there. And that's to do with 
the work that I do with kind of life architecture, looking at what's the design, the architecture and the design of your life or the architecture of society that would be causing long-term emotional problems for you. Hmm. So um, if, you, if you say with a lot of water energy, if you had your life designed that it didn't actually have any meaning or purpose to it, with water energy types, having a meaning and a purpose that's deep. You know, water, Grand Canyon, it leaves its mark on the earth. So water energy types, they want to leave their mark on the earth. They're driven to do that. Other energies want to make people happy and want to create freedom. Water energy types, they want to leave their mark on the earth. So if their life isn't doing that stuff, then stuff starts going on. They could become depressed or they could start thinking there must be more to life than this. And then they start thrill-seeking or, or, or what they can commonly do is they can find their purpose. And then because they're fearful, they can't step into that, into that purpose because their fearful emotions hmm. stop them being their most brilliant version of themselves. Hmm. So, so, so they've found it, but aren't brave enough to step into it yet. Exactly. Yeah. Unless they know, okay, I'm a water energy type and purpose matters to me and I'm going to be fearful. That's normal. Whereas what we're normally told by other energy types, oh, find your purpose and you'll be fearless. You'll be brave and you'll step forward. Well, not with water energy types. Purpose matters and they're likely to be scared. Yeah. I often or, find that what, what, what I'm fearful of is the thing I need to do next. Yeah, exactly. And I've come, yeah, like fear is now like my, no, this, you're on the right path because you're afraid of it. That, that's why it's here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, before the show starting, we were talking about uh, some work I'm doing with a group called The Changemakers. And we're working internationally and we've got this thing uh, going on called No More Boxes, which is this idea of categorizing people into boxes and saying men are like this, women are like this, these people are like this bankers are like this accountants are like this creative so it's just putting people into boxes that then limit them mm. um so we're on a big mission with that and uh it's going really well you've been in the united nations been in all these different places it's going really well but it's terrifying mm. because it is going really well and it is going really big and i don't have much water energy but yet it's still going really big so Sometimes those fears don't appear until you're gifted something yeah. that is phenomenal. Yeah, you, you, you can get what you want, you've wanted for years, and it can scare the hell out of you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. but, all the, but lots of the books say, oh, no, you'll be fearless. Find your purpose and you'll be fearless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with water energy types, their long-term emotion of fear is either about, they sometimes fear that I'm going to go through the whole of my life and I'm never, ever going to do the big thing mm. I thought I was going to do. And it reached the point at which they're living with perpetual fear that they will never do the big thing that they know they're meant to do. And then they just start grabbing at things or they start getting depressed. Or So again, it's what's going on in the big picture that that energy needs and water energy needs purpose. Mm. So they can have a fear that they don't get it. Um, whereas wood energy, their big thing is all about freedom. So if their life is constructed that they do not have freedom, 
or something happens that boxes them in or holds or traps them, um, they can become angry, irritable, or depressed. So long-term depression, anger, irritability, you're often looking at what's the architecture or the structure in that person's life that doesn't give them the freedom that they would need to feel truly alive. So with you, with lots of wood energy, I, I, we were talking about what you do. You, you, you've, got your, you've got your coaching work, you've got your healing work, you've got your regular day job, you've got your, your radio show. You, have, you are Mr. Variety. And that's what you need to be okay. Right. Yeah, because there were, there were times when, when all I did was work in a corporate America gray cube I was freaking miserable and, and you're just, yeah, those, those walls are closing again. And you, if I even think my freedom is being taken away. Yeah. I, I go inward. I'm not kind to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you, if in that situation you say, okay, I need to be able to deal with my emotions of frustration, anger, and depression, you deal with those emotions, but that is not the problem. The problem is you're trapped in a gray cube and you can spend as much time as you want trying to deal with your emotions. Forget it. Just, get a get a life that has the variety that you need to 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 be alive so i'm not always keen on looking at the emotions i'm sometimes keen on looking at the structure that's created the emotions right yeah the the emotions are are a clue why you're always feeling this way oh it's because here's the reason now you want to change that reason or not (laughs) (laughs) whereas you could say to a different energy type you could say you're going to have a life in a in 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 a gray box they're going to go phew Thank God for that. Whew, that's a relief. I thought I was going to have to. No, no, you're just going to do the same job all your life, and it's going to be exactly the same. Ah, thank you. At last, I know I'm going to be happy. <laughs> so we're kind of all different, and so some of the work we do with these boxy stuff is recognizing that we're different. Yeah. Uh, and you, you're not going to like your gray, your gray box. Other people are going to be mighty happy that yeah. they've been put in one. Then uh, fire energy types, their big thing is about, am I loved and appreciated and valued? Mm -hmm. So if they're not loved and appreciated and valued, they lose their joy. They lose their spontaneity, their happiness, or they go crazy trying to find things that make them happy. Mm -hmm. And they'll party on their drugs and they'll do this or that, or they'll, they'll do happiness seeking because the construct of their life does not give them a sense of being loved and appreciated for who they are and what they contribute. Um, and those excessive joy emotions get too much in the long term and they burn out or they don't look after themselves. But the issue is there's nothing in their life that adds to, uh, that gives them a sense that they are loved and appreciated. Um, and it can also sometimes be that we marry, often marry different energy types. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we're married to a different energy type and they are not perhaps someone that says, I love you, I love you, I love you. They might love you, but they don't say it all the time. Right. Uh, so I have lots of fire energy and I went out with this girl once and she was just lovely, but lots of metal energy, very unemotional, detached. And I remember saying to her, we went out for quite a while, I remember saying to her, I love you. And she goes, I know you told me a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) Whereas fire types, they'll go, Oh, I love you. Yes. No, I love you too. I love you. And they'll say every single morning and that meets their needs. So if you're in a, in a relationship or in your work, when you're not being loved and appreciated, something can go wrong with your joy and your fun. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and you might test to find out whether you're loved and start having affairs or doing things, whatever. And again, it's understanding you need to have that in your life or there will be an issue. Are, are the different energy types best with someone else that matches that energy or should there be a, a oh, mixture? No, you can, it can, it, any, any relationship can work. You just have to understand what the other person is. So, uh, don't, don't assume everyone is you. No, exactly. So this idea, oh, treat everyone as though you want to be, how you want to be treated yourself mm. is, is the worst thing you can do because I want to be given freedom, whereas my wife doesn't want to be. What she wants is safety and security. Mm. That's not the same as freedom, right. whereas she knows I need freedom and I know she needs safety and security. So how do we work together? Well, that's a dance, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but we could both be uh, freedom types and then we travel the world doing freedom together. Mm. But, so we go on a holiday that gives me some freedom and at, yet at the same time, she knows that we're fairly safe. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just going on travels, travels and adventures with bodyguards. Exactly. <laughs> some sort of version of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I've been, I was asked to go and do a lot of speaking in the Middle East and Lebanon. And that was just a little bit too, too much for her. Too much for her. Yeah. So I go and do work in Iceland with Runa. Uh, and as long as I wear a hat, I'm okay. <laughs> I could keep my head warm. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I had some magic energized hat that your wife had created for you. <laughs> no, no, no. She wants, it, she wants me to be safe and not get a chill on my head. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so then we've got the fire energy. They need to be happy and loved. Uh, earth energy, what they, what they need for this um, is they need the empathy and the conversation. They need to be understood and understand. So if their life doesn't give them a situation where they can have conversations and talk and chew things over and understand what's going on, then a whole part of them is missing. And they can get very isolated and alone and feel withdrawn and depression and stuff like that because they're not speaking with anybody. Mm -hmm. Or if you have someone that was earth energy, they really like to be, families are really, really important. Families are family, society, humanity. They're really important to earth energy times. So if you have uh, like a key member of your family pulled out and you have a lot of earth energy, suddenly you have a very part of who you were and how you exist has been taken away. And then you can really struggle to exist there. Uh, it's impossible to put the other person back, but you can get used to thinking about them and being with them and spending time with them or being grateful that they were there or remembering them or reminiscing. And that will bring back their life essence. Mm. And you, don't, and you still feel connected. Whereas sometimes when you go into that depression, earth energy when they go into that depression around loss, they become so alone that they can't even bear to remember the person and bring them back to life or bring them up in conversations. Whereas if you can help them get over it, then they can start to bring them back into their life again in the form of memories and pictures and associations and stuff. Um, or if earth energy types, if their life is constructed that they are forever giving and never receiving, that will create an emotional distress. Hmm. They can start overthinking about everyone and or what's going to happen here and I hope they're going to be all right. And that, that kind of over-concern and overthinking 
they do. Do, do the people you meet, do they, do they take ownership? Do they realize they've architected and created their life or do they kind of live life like it was, it was handed to them? Oh, can I just say again, you are such good questions. Uh, um, well, what we often do is we often, with our energy, we often create our world to test things out. Mm. So an earth energy type would create a situation where they never ask for help in order to find out whether anyone is there to support and understand them. So they do everything for anything. Oh, no, I'll do it. And, and they'll stand at the sink and they'll do washing up and they're cleaning. And they just want to find out whether anybody is there for them. And they'll give and talk to other people. But does anyone ever ask how I am? So what we can sometimes do is we can test our energy and we set our world up as often as a big test. Hmm. So water energy types, they'll be testing their safety. So they might go through life and never get a pension and never get any security or they might take risks because they're just testing. Is, is this testing conscious or unconscious? It's uncon most okay. of it is, un I would say 99% is totally unconscious. And that's why if you make your understanding of your energy conscious, mm -hmm. you can say, I have a lot of earth energy. So I now say, can someone give me a hand? I don't need to play games anymore to find out whether anyone's going to support me. I just say, hey, guys, kids, give us a hand. And they now do it. Whereas before I would go, oh, I'm the only person doing this. Here's me all by myself doing all this, sweeping in the gut. You know what I mean? Do you do that ever? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and the worst way, this, I was recently having a conversation looking back. And when I was younger, I had, I had, I had attempted to kill myself multiple times. And it took you know, many times of it not working before I realized, you know, I always, I end up getting so much help, but maybe I don't have to make that attempt to end my life and I can just go straight to getting help. And, you know, I was like in my twenties when I had that realization, I was like, oh, that's how this works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is very typical earth energy testing, doing a dramatic thing. And also that wood energy, because I've had kind of suicidal stuff going on at times. And it's like, if one is so trapped in your world, and you think it will never ever change, then the thought of being trapped is so intensely horrific. The solution is actually to kill yourself. Then it's over. Then you're no longer trapped, you're free, etc. So it can sometimes be because of the intense pain of the trap uh, that Lee wants to um, make us want to end it or escape in some way. Um, or it could be a cry for help that someone listen to what I'm saying. I want to be understood. And the only way people can really take the time to understand me is that they know it's serious. How do we make sure they know it's serious? Well, I'm going to try and kill myself. So it's, a, it's got some testing, but it's also the nature of who we are and what we can cope with. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't have been able to cope with being trapped in a world that didn't understand you or trapped in a world where you had no freedom or... Yeah. And that's only what it felt. But yeah, if if yeah. if I had a Chinese med energy medicine class in you know, first grade, I'm like, oh no, I'm just not honoring my energy type. And yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's why we're bringing this stuff into schools and we're yeah. teaching it just to say, kids, just you're normal and just and and just kind of get everyone feeling okay about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's again that self esteem stuff that we talked about. Right. Um, so very mindful metal energy. They always feel something's missing. So I don't want to miss them out. I was upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, then don't um, tell them to last then don't tell them to I know it's so mean isn't it 
<laughs> so with, with metal energy types, their long-term emotion about grief and loss, uh, they, that's a typical one that they feel, that they can get stuck in a pattern of loss. And what they do is can become increasingly isolated and shut off and less and less attached and therefore feeling more and more things are missing because it gets to be too uncomfortable. So they will often um, construct a world where construct a world where they are isolated and because they love numbers they will lose themselves in a spreadsheet or they'll sit behind a computer or they'll go internet marketing and just spend their whole time in analytics and stuff and they become more and more isolated and more and more with the sense that there must be more to this there must be more to life it's not the same as purpose it's more i feel something is missing from my life and i'm and it's the fact that they've become isolated and we're in a very, and I feel very strongly about this, we're in a, a real epidemic situation where we've got some really serious problems going on with metal energy types that have gone into internet marketing because it's about numbers and metrics and leverage and efficiency and they, it really suits them. But it's incredibly isolating. And if as soon as they hit any grief in their life, like a loss of a pet or a loved one or anyone, then poof, they will go down hmm. very, very quickly. And nobody will know because they're isolated. Hmm. Uh, and it's not like they were on the factory floor or you had, to, you had to, in your depression, your lowest times, you had to rock up to do this show. Sometimes. But imagine, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, of course, we're, we, we're human and you're not going to always be able to do it. But imagine if you were just an internet marketer and you could hide behind a screen. Right. I don't know whether you'd have come out of it in the same way as if you'd done the show. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to be really mindful of the, the dream that people are sold of internet marketing and then the isolation that comes from it, which only suits one or two people, mm -hmm. one or two groups of energy, and the rest can get very shut down right. with it. So is, is, is the test itself, the vitality test, is, is this something you created or did you take this when you were 26? Just no, no uh, when, I, when, I was, um, when I was 20, I heard about the energies and they just made so much sense. I spent my life working with them. And then I had a really bad accident and I nearly died. And I thought, I really haven't got this out into the world at the level I need to get it out into the world. So I had a two year waiting list. I worked every hour God send I was teaching, but I wasn't really putting it out into the world in the millions that I think it needs to be. So I created the vitality test to measure everybody's energy, uh, made it completely free. So anybody can take it anywhere. And we have thousands and thousands of people take it. They have conversations with each other. They talk about it. They get to understand each other. We support them with either free stuff or low-cost programs. We just, do, we just put this out into the world to have these sorts of conversations. So I get to understand who I am and that I'm normal and what sort of world I need to create for myself to do my best work and be happy and balanced and healthy and fulfilled and how do you do that so you also create the same within society? How do you keep it around society where we're all, I can be a highly emotional feeling man that isn't told to man up. And a woman with lots of wood energy that drives forward and pushes is not told that she's being too manly. 
so the idea of the energy is we, is we create this and the no more boxes is we create this freedom that men can be as they want to be and women can be as they want to be and kids understand who they are and relationships function in the way that they should and we have a level of global kindness that makes the world slightly different than it is now yeah that's i i, I totally applaud this and and behind this and yeah i often tell tell men you know are you a man they go yeah i'm like well then whatever you do is manly yeah exactly the, the end. that let that be your box you know but, <laughs> But, oh, if I'm doing it, it must be right for me. And if I'm doing it, you know, if a woman's doing it, it must be womanly, right? It's all yeah, right. Exactly. And if, and if they're the same thing, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. So, uh, so where can people f find the test? Yeah, so all they would go to is uh, 5fiveinstitute.com or thevitalitytest.com. Okay. Cool. Um, so either of those. And I took the test just in the hour before this, this show, and I think it was 37 questions, yep. just multiple choice. It wasn't, uh, wasn't traumatic, wasn't horrifying. Uh, there's no right or wrong to it. It's nope. just, uh, yeah, um, just to you know, learn more about yourself and, and get yeah. these results and see what energies, because you, you, we're, all, we're all all five of the energies. It's yeah, not we're, just, we're you're, you're wood, you're the, it's, yeah. <laughs> No, we're, we're, we're kind of a mix, we're a mixture of all of them. Yeah. And we give you a report, it's kind of, I don't know, about kind of, I don't know how many pages I wrote, <laughs> but we give you a good report telling you all about it and how you can find more. And like I say, it's there as a gift. It, it saved many a marriage, mm. built many a business, mm. and stopped many a person from doing something silly. Mm. Cool, so if you're looking for a way to be kind to yourself today, Want yep. something new to start, you know, take the vitality test. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then also, um, like I said, we've got the box, no more boxes movement that's going out there as well. So again, that's about, you know, wood energy. Runa and I have got lots of wood energy and it's about freedom. How do we create the freedom for us to be, as you say, a man to be a man in whatever way that is, and a woman to be a woman and ethnicities and cultures and whatever. So cool. freedom. <laughs> so no more boxes movement.com is yep. the place to learn more about that. And so yep. you have a, and you have a, a book coming up in a couple of months. Yeah. I've got a book coming out a couple of months called the, the, the story of boxes, <laughs> uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. And it looks at good boxes and bad boxes and really ugly boxes. So I was going to say, but it's not about a box factory, but yet it kind <laughs> of is, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Well, the world can be at its worst is a box factory. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a box factory. That's funny. <laughs> Oh, there's a, I, I, every time I hear box factory, I, I laugh in my mind because it's of the Simpsons reference. Tell me that one. Uh, oh, the, one episode, I forget which character saying, but I'm, I don't want to just die being some poor schlub in a box factory. And outside the window, it says box factory. There's a guy in there. Hey, <laughs> what's <laughs> yeah. wrong with this? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so we want to put box factories out of business. Absolutely. Absolutely. The inner ones, the societal ones. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are good boxes, you know, kind of uh, women hanging out together, doing, having kind of um, sisterhood and brotherhoods. They're great. It's when you start isolating and say, you can't allow other people in, or you have to be this way to be in the brotherhood box, yeah. or you have to be this way. Into, and you start classifying people that we end up with a very funny. Yeah. Very if, you realize, if, if you realize, if you don't realize that you can get out of a box, 
if you think yeah. you're only one box. But no, I'm, I'm this box for this hour, for this day, then next week I'm going to be in that box. And Exactly. Or, or if you're someone that say, my family, we don't go to college, or my family, we all go to college, then you might not be someone that suits college, or you might be someone that... So, so again, it's, it's, it's all these layers of culture that, that are kind of put through. And we're launching the book on the 11th of November at 11 o'clock and at 11 minutes past 11, because that's the 100 year anniversary of the First World War. Oh. And that was probably the biggest event that we saw the consequences of boxes playing out. I'm this country, we're this country, this is our land, we're this land, we fight this way. We, and, it, and, it, and it was the greatest com world conflict mm. that we saw and it put more people in boxes and trapped them in boxes. So it was, it, we're doing it at that time to really emphasize that when this really goes wrong, we lose our liberty, we lose our freedom, we lose our life, we lose something very, very precious when it goes wrong. And then the First World War, it also then liberated lots of people, lots of the class system in England broke down, lots of freedom have started appearing. So it's a whole time that the world did a pivot and a change. We saw the most horrific thing and then we also saw some freedom arrive. Mm. So it's, that's why we chose the day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's neat. I didn't, and, and I'm a product of the American public education system. Like World War I, when was that? Oh, they was, I don't know, you could have picked any day. Like, oh, okay, that's it. No. Yeah, 100 years ago. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize for my ignorance. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, that's neat. But um, so if people want to discover more about you and, and where you're speaking, where you're talking, what's up, what's the best way for them to connect with that? Yeah, so they could just go to Nicholas hyphen Haynes, H-A-I-N-E-S.com. So nicholas-haynes.com. And that's my personal website. Or then go or go to fiveinstitute.com. That's all the Five Institute or we've given the stuff for the No More Box. So we'll search Nicholas Haynes on Google. I've, I've done fairly well with that. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got a lot going on. And uh, so I, I love everything you're up to and wish you tremendous success in, in all five energies. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, yeah, from someone that was very low self-esteem and horrible anxiety, I kind of, I've, I'm nearly 60 and I spend my life trying to work to get to be the, the better version of me. Yeah. I've now got to a stage where I'm doing this really big stuff and I'm a bit nervous, but. <laughs> That's good. We've, we've all got it. Yeah, it's good. We've all got to step into this place. The world needs us all to be our most brilliant now. Yeah, we really, yeah. We really need it. And I say, yeah, if, oh, I'm feeling a little nervous, like, well, good. That means you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, people that kind of complain about that ever, it's just like, you, you know, if, if, if your life was as boring as the one aspect of you in search of su such safety wants, you, you would you yeah. lose your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's always, there's always stuff there that we can find and have interest in. Isn't it? There's always just a matter of just keeping, keeping very, very open. To open to possibilities as to what they might as to what they might be cool well i i really enjoyed this i got a lot of it um i definitely recommend to everyone to take the vitality test um if you're if you didn't catch the urls we're talking about i'll, I'll uh, be sure i'm having the show notes which you can find at realmenfield.org and at thegoodmenproject.com but uh, uh thanks nick for for joining us and um yeah come on back after the book launch and let's talk about Destroying boxes more. <laughs> let's go. Let's go into that. Yeah. Thank and thanks ever so much, Andy. Uh, you, I, I do lots of different podcasts, and 
your questions just go banging right into the right into the heart of it. So you're a genius, my friend. You're a genius. <laughs> All right. Well, don't spread that around so people can, will still keep coming and yeah, yeah. know they're going to be probed deeply with my serious oh, yeah. questions, <laughs> my fiery and metal questions. Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so thank you again, Nick. Thanks for joining us live. Thanks, everyone, whenever you're catching this. Uh, and again, um, you can visit uh, thegoodmenproject.com for more conversations that most people aren't having, but really should. Um, so wherever you are listening to this, post a review, a rating, a comment, give it a share. We'd love to hear from you. Visit realmenfield.org. Check us out on Facebook. Send us feedback. And we'll talk to you again soon. Be well. Thank you for listening to Real Men Field. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having.